day number three, SquawCon 2023. First time SquawCon has been the Is that Faith? What's good, bro? Friends, I'm telling you, if you have never been to a SquawCon, one of these years, you're gonna have to make it out because it's on another level. Last time I saw this guy, he was like, you were like 15 or something. Now you're what, like 21? 23? Oh my goodness, so my math is way off. But a long time. Hey, make sure you come out to one. We would love to get a chance to meet you. And again, thank you to God Squad Church and all the leaders and pastors for giving me the opportunity to speak. If you don't know, I love to preach. I find it a lot of fun, and it's so good to share God's word. There is something that is absolutely the best and the worst thing about online gaming, and it is something known as proximity chat. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Proximity chat is the best of times and the worst of times. Now, when I say proximity chat, instantly your mind goes to toxicity. Now, if you don't know what proximity chat is, in a lot of online games, when someone physically gets their character close enough to yours, they can hit a push to talk button and they can literally speak to you. They have to be within a certain range and they can start saying, if you can imagine, anything they want. Now, I feel literally canceled even thinking about proximity chat. Things are running through my mind that I'm gonna need to repent of later. But proximity chat is normally a really, really bad thing. It not only is in proximity chat, but you start thinking about online FPS games where there's maybe a party chat and you're jumping in solo queue. Maybe it's Overwatch 2, maybe it's Valorant, whatever it might be. And people just start saying all kinds of things. It's the internet. It is what happens. So here's what most people do. They log into their favorite game and they will just instantly, before they even change their keybinds, they will mute proximity chat. They will just turn it off, turn off voice chat. I don't want to hear it because they only associate proximity chat or voice chat with being negative. They only think about the 12-year-olds in Call of Duty that are saying all kinds of things, and they just instantly won't even give it a chance. First thing I'm gonna do is I'm turning off proximity chat. But if you've played enough online games, you realize that not all of proximity or voice chats are bad. I don't know about you, but I've actually learned a lot from other players by going in solo queue, especially in games like Valorant, where when they die, they get to kind of watch a teammate's perspective, and I've literally had people share tips and tricks with me that I'm doing wrong while watching my perspective over voice chat. It's actually been helpful for some of them to actually call me out, give me correction, say things that have actually been for my good. But what happens is, is most people won't benefit from some of those experiences because they just associate all of proximity chat with being negative. Anytime anyone wants to call me out, Anytime someone wants to give me a suggestion, some feedback, some criticism, it's all bad. I'm offended. I don't want to be anywhere near it. So we just mute it. But maybe you've played a game like Rust or any survival game where you're out in the wilderness all your own, and you, you think that someone coming up to you is going to be them betraying you or them killing you, but actually they end up doing something to help you. But I've literally seen moments where someone was standing behind someone, and that person is like, hey, like, do you want to party up? Hey, I'm here to help you. Hey, I want to do something good for you. And the person standing in front doesn't even know that they're there because they've got proximity chat on mute. Oftentimes in life, what we do is God has brought people into our proximity. He's brought some people within a certain range, a certain closeness into our lives, and they might have some feedback. They might have some things that they can lovingly call you out on but we refuse to listen because in real life we've got proximity chat on mute. I don't want to hear what you have to say. You're supposed to lift me up. You're supposed to support me. You're supposed to be my number one man. And as your number one man, part of my job 
is to call you out, is to give you loving correction. Once I've been invited into a certain proximity, I have earned the right because I care about you, love you, to maybe say some things that are challenging to hear, but they're for your good. And so many times in our lives, we're missing out on loving correction. We're missing out on maturity, growth opportunities, because we've got proximity chat on mute. And so what I want to do today is I want to read a story to you from the life of David, who had what I believe probably one of his best friends by the name of Nathan, who lovingly called him out for his good and bring out three things that I think we can do as a benefit to welcoming accountability in our lives and share a message that I believe that is a word for God that I've titled my message today, Turn on Proximity Chat. I want to read to you. It's 2 Samuel chapter 12. We're going to read verses 1 to 13. I'm going to read the whole thing and then break three things down that I think we can benefit from from welcoming accountability and proximity chat in our lives. I'm going to give you a little context. This is coming right after probably one of the biggest failures of David's life. We'll recap for you. You can read it in the chapter before. Really good story. David, King David, big famous guy in the Bible, probably has the worst moment of his life. Not only commits adultery with another woman who wasn't his wife, but then gets her pregnant and then tries to cover up that pregnancy because she's married to another man by having her husband come back from war so that they could sleep together and that everyone would think that the baby is his. Well, that plan fails. So David now has this soldier put in the front lines of the war to pretty much guarantee his death. So pretty much David murders this guy, and David's like, well, if you die in a short enough period of time, then I will marry your wife, and then people will just think that we did this after we got married, and all, all will be good. I mean, dark. Not a proud moment in his life. And after that, we pick up where David's friend Nathan has the courage to come to him and say this. 2 Samuel 12, starting in verse 1. So the Lord sent Nathan to David. When he arrived, he said to him, there were two men in a certain city, one rich and the other poor. This is how you know it's proximity chat, because people just start telling the randomest stories. Like, what are, we e- what are you even talking about? Nathan just shows up and just starts telling a story about two men, and David's like, I'm not tracking. I don't know what's happening here. There were two men in the city, one rich and the other poor. The rich man had very large flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing except one small ewe lamb that he had bought. He raised her, she grew up with him, And with his children, from his meager food she would eat, from his cup she would drink, and in his arms she would sleep. She was like a daughter to him. Now a traveler came to the rich man, but the rich man could not bring himself to take one of his own sheep or cattle to prepare for the traveler who had come to him. Instead, he took the poor man's lamb and prepared it for his guest. Now David, after hearing this story, which is very similar proximity. Someone tells a story, now you're furious because people are just raging in your ears. But David was infuriated with the man, and he said to Nathan, as the Lord lives, this man who did this deserves to die because he has done this thing and shown no pity. He must pay four lambs for that lamb. He tells a story of this guy who already had so much and then goes out of his way to take something that belonged to somebody else. David's serious. How could a person ever do something like that? You're already picking up in the story that that is exactly what David did. 
But David was blind to his own sin, blind to his own behavior, and he's furious at this guy, no idea that Nathan is talking about him. Verse 7, Nathan replied to David, you are this man. This is what the, the Lord God of Israel says. I anointed you king over Israel. I rescued you from Saul. He's beginning to tell David how much I did for you. I gave your master's house to you and your master's wives and your arms. I gave you the house of Israel and Judah. And if that was not enough, I would have given you even more. Why then? Have you despised the Lord's command by doing what I consider evil? You struck down Uriah the Hethite with a sword and took his wife as your own. You murdered him with the Ammonite sword. Now, therefore, the sword will never leave your house because you despised me and took the wife of Uriah the Hethite to be your own wife. This is what the Lord says. I'm going to bring disaster on you from your own family. I will take your wives and give them to another. Before your very eyes, he will sleep with them in broad daylight. You acted in secret, but I will do this before all of Israel and in broad daylight. David responded to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. Then Nathan replied to David, and the Lord has taken away your sin. You will not die. First thing I want to clarify, especially when reading Old Testament passages, it can really seem like God's harsh. I mean, we just read a story that David does something bad and God says these are going to be the consequences. But the thing I love to clarify for people is you have to understand, Jesus came to die on the cross for our sin. Because our sin, there is a consequence to pay. And before Jesus died on the cross to pay for our sins, oftentimes people paid for their own. This is the beauty of what Jesus did. That it's not that our sins and decisions don't have consequences today, right? You go out and break the law, there's going to be consequences. But today it's when you maybe make a mistake. It's not that the wrath of God is falling on you because the wrath of God has already fallen on Jesus. The price has been paid for, but it doesn't mean that there aren't consequences for our decisions. And Nathan is coming to David to confront him, to call him out. He's heard about what's happened in the life of David. And what Nathan is doing is being an incredible friend. By being brave enough to have a challenging conversation with David. And in this scripture, I think there are three things that Jesus wants us to learn, the Bible wants us to learn, about inviting accountability in our lives to turn on our proximity chat. First one is we need to be accountable to Christ. When you have a good friend who's in proximity, who knows you and loves you, his desire is to help you stay close to God. Look at verse number one. So the Lord sent Nathan to David. In order to really understand this idea of accountability and welcoming challenging conversations in your life, you first have to know the heart of God. Why did God send Nathan to David? Was it so that Nathan could make David feel horrible about himself? Was it because God wanted to prove a point? No, because God had seen my beloved David has fallen off track. I'm sending Nathan to bring you back. And the only way to bring you back in is to call you out. Is to lovingly confront you about the behaviors 
in your life. You see, when you invite the right people into your proximity, and when you unmute proximity chat, giving them the opportunity to speak into your life, it may be challenging, but with the right people who love you, their goal is to help you stay close to God. Nathan's goal was to help David return back to the man he was, loving and serving God. This is why it's so important to have friends and community in your proximity that gives you a deeper desire to want to be closer to Jesus. I don't know about you, but when I think of one of our friends, you'll know him, Pastor A.J. Valdez. Every time I'm around him, he doesn't even have to say anything directly to me or about me, but I'm convicted with the desire to want to be closer to Jesus. I'll be honest, there are times, especially in years past, where you're getting ready for squad con or big events where people are flying in, and you, you get caught up in the go, 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 that you can interrupt your normal routines. I can imagine many of you traveling right now, your normal routines are thrown out the window. And A.J. Valdez is sleeping at our house. We're getting ready for the big day ahead. we got lots to do. And I'm on my way running around getting a million things done. And I walk by the guest bedroom that he's sleeping in. And I see him walking around with a Bible in his hand. Literally reading it out loud and worshiping Jesus. And then I just see my friend and I'm like, dang, bro. That maybe didn't even cross my mind this morning. I was so busy. But I have a friend who helps keep me accountable to Christ. That just by being around them, I'm like, man, I, I really have opportunity to grow. I really got opportunity to be better. But oftentimes what we do with people that challenge us, we just want to put them on mute. Hi, ah, bro, I don't, yeah, I don't like the way you make me feel, man. This is a negative vibes, bro. I'm not feeling super encouraged and uplifted. You're feeling convicted. Welcome it. Don't push it away. Don't disregard it. Welcome it. I want you to be engaged with community and be around people that make you want to be accountable to Christ. Not just in your behavior, but in your passion. People, be around people that make you wonder, man, why don't I love Jesus more? Why don't I know his word more? Why, why don't I want to pray more? Get around friends who you invite into your proximity. Give them the opportunity to say, hey, will you help me? Get on a steady prayer life every day? Hey, will you help check in on me? Will you watch my perspective and call me out when I haven't read the Bible in three months? Can, can we form some sort of open communication to be accountable to Christ that we're helping each other grow? The reality is so many of us have believed the lie that we'll just be fine on our own. Can I tell you? We won't. We can't. We were not designed to live life by ourselves. We were not designed to do things on our own. We were not designed to take care of ourselves. That's what we want to believe today. I'll take care of myself, man. I'm a grown man. I'm independent. You're not. You were created to depend on God and depend on one another. I could probably buy a lifted hands, which I won't ask you to do. How many of you have been consistent in your prayer life without somebody checking in? Probably very few. I've done it. We've all done it. But can I tell you, inviting someone into your proximity, turning proximity chat on, and saying, hey, will you help me stay accountable to Christ so that I pray more? So that I read my Bible more? Just like God sent Nathan to David, will you help bring me 
back and stay on track. But in order for that to happen, you have to be willing to turn proximity chat on. You can't go into every situation and say, oh, any feedback is negative. No, it's for your good. It's for your benefit. Don't push it away. Welcome it and embrace it. The second thing I think God wants to do in our lives on inviting accountability and a reason to turn on proximity chat is to help keep you accountable to your character. This is the side of our behavior. I don't know about you, but I don't always get it right. I need some friends, some brothers, some people who love me. The Bible calls it iron sharpening iron. But you know how that happens? Friction. I don't know about you, but I need some faithful friction friends who will call me out when I'm not getting it right. Let's check out verse number seven. Nathan said, Nathan replied to David, you are this man. He just told a story that David just put right over his head. And point blank, done with love, Nathan calls him out. David's like, I can't believe someone would do that. Nathan's like, you did. This is you. I'm talking about you, brother. And I've come, sent by God, to bring you back. But in order to bring you in, I'm going to have to call you out. I'm going to have to address something in your life. You have to understand, when it comes to Christianity, there needs to be a proper balance. We go way to the extreme in certain things. Either we're way too hateful or way too loving. Way too mean or way too kind. We're way too truthful or we're way too gracious. We can't seem to find a happy medium. There needs to be both. A balance of truth and grace. Your delivery does matter. The way we communicate to each other, it does matter. When we are speaking to one another, we have to ask the Holy Spirit, help me to be like Jesus, to communicate with a healthy balance. So many, so many people are too much grace. Some people are too much truth. Maybe you've heard the saying where truth without grace is just mean, but grace without truth is just meaningless. I'm just saying a bunch of nice things to make you feel better, to get you through or be supportive. When in reality, I'm doing you a disservice by not challenging you, by not correcting you, by not doing what God says. The Bible says that God disciplines he who he loves. You know, as a church, oftentimes, we can be really great at building hospitals for people who have made mistakes, fallen into sin. Let's give some grace. Hallelujah. We can be really great at building a place where people can heal who can recover, and that's super important. But we would need less hospitals if we had more warning signs. If we wouldn't just wait until things happen to then say, hey, you know what? Everybody's human. Let's show some grace. Those are great. But what if we loved each other enough that said, hey, before you fall, let me make you aware of something maybe you didn't see. Nathan's telling David the story. <laughs> David has no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> Reading this from a third perspective, you're just like, how are you not picking up what this man's putting down? Like, it is so blatantly obvious. But there are times in our lives 
where it's so blatantly obvious, but you and I have no idea. We're blind. That's why we need one another. To see what we didn't see. To pick up on maybe habits like, man, over time I've just kind of noticed you becoming this way. The great thing about proximity, having people that are close, that know you, is Nathan knew David. He wasn't some stranger, some 12-year-old in Call of Duty yelling stuff. He was a trusted friend and advisor. And he said he was able to bring David in and be like, David, I'm willing to call you out because I know this isn't like you. You've fallen, done something that is inexcusably wrong. But David, this isn't you, man. This isn't your normal behavior. And when was the last time you had a friend or you were the friend who was willing to have that honest conversation? Be like, hey, man, because I love you, I just, just notice some things, man. This isn't like you. I'm just checking in to see if you're doing well. I just noticed some things. I just want to have an open conversation. And maybe it ends up being nothing. But I would rather confront a friend and it be nothing than have said nothing and now his life will never be the same. What if we were brave enough? What if we loved one another enough to keep each other accountable to our character? I'm going to help you keep your integrity intact by calling you out in love. I'm not going to be the toxic proximity chat. I'm not going to start yelling and screaming and saying all these degrading things. But I'm going to hit that push and talk button. We're going to have a conversation. Because the conversation beforehand is much better than the conversation after. Invite, invite it. Invite the accountability. Ask God to send you accountability. But when God sends it your way, you have to be willing to turn the proximity chat on. You have to be willing to say, I'm, I'm open to it, I receive it, and I'm going to be real. We got to stop being so offended. We got to be willing to embrace. See, as Christians, we're called to have thick skin and tender hearts. But most people have tender skin and thick hearts. Hard hearts. Don't come near me. Everything, everything just hurts so deep. I don't even know who you are. <laughs> Let me tell you, too many of us are allowing people that are in a shallow relationship to cut you deep. You haven't known me long enough. Many people in this world, especially on the internet, if you don't know me well enough, you haven't earned the right to hurt me. You haven't earned the right. You're not deep enough in my heart to make a wound. You might make a cut, I'll slap a Band-Aid on it. But close friends, people that are in proximity, when you cut me, ooh, I felt that. But if I don't know you, if you're not a Nathan in my life, you haven't earned the right to cut me deep. Some of us are getting cut deep by the wrong people. So we turn off proximity chat altogether. But here's the deal, what I love about a lot of games, especially with party chat, is don't just mute proximity altogether. Sometimes you can just mute individual people. <laughs> yeah, you're going on mute. <laughs> Pastor Dustin said it earlier. Some people, you got to learn the spiritual gift of ignoring people. But just because you have to ignore some people doesn't mean you should ignore all people. God's going to bring people in your proximity. And some of us, we've been praying 
God, give me an answer. God, speak to me. And he's like, I've sent seven people your way. They've been been that guy in rust standing behind you trying to talk to you about helping you. But you've got everything on mute. I sent seven people to give you a message. You'd shut them all down. Because, man, you're supposed to build me up. Proximity is something that every single one of us need to stay accountable to Christ. To stay accountable to our character. And lastly, stay accountable to your calling. Read the very last verse, verse 13 with me. David then responded to Nathan. I have sinned against the Lord. Acknowledging. Thank you for pointing me out. I realize now. I see what you saw that I didn't. I see it now. I've sinned against the Lord. But then look at this. Nathan replied to David and said, the Lord has taken away your sin. You will not die. What is Nathan saying here? One, he's saying, first of all, back in those days, some of the consequences of adultery was actually death. That was part of the law. You committed this crime, these are the consequences. So first, David is, Nathan is letting David know that's not going to happen to you. So he is making sure that he's aware of what's going to happen is not going to happen. But the second thing that he's doing when he says you will not die is he is saying, brother, this is not the end for you. There are better days ahead. Yeah, you're going to you're gonna have to work through some consequences and things. But this is not over for you. You're going to need some friends in your life to keep you accountable to your calling. Whether it's when you make a mistake in life or simply when you just wanted to quit. How many of y'all ever today you just wanted to give up? Doing something in your life, you're like, bro, I don't know if I want to do this anymore, man. I'm done. Some of y'all are like, how many times a week are we talking? You know, like everybody has those thoughts. But if you don't have proximity with the right people, those, start, those thoughts start becoming more frequent. Well, I just want to quit. This is the end for me. Am I even qualified to do this? Did I even get into this for the right reasons? Am I the right guy for this? They start becoming more frequent, and they start becoming bigger and bigger and bigger. And you need some people in your life like Nathan to say, you will not die. This is not the end for you. You've been called by God. You've been chosen by God. I know we've got some hurdles, but man, you can overcome this. You've done it in the past. God has seen you through, and you can do it again. You need some people to help keep you accountable to your calling. Because if you don't, you might quit. You might give up. There may have been seasons in your life where you thought about quitting on something, but then someone loved you enough to be that support, to be that encouragement. But if I'll be real honest, we also need the tough love sometimes. Because sometimes, if we'll be honest, we can play the victim. Now, there are real situations in life where you've been hurt. You've been down, and you need someone to pick you up. But can we be real honest for a second? Sometimes we live in that victim mentality. When Christ has called us to be victors, not victims, and sometimes you need a friend to come along and tell you, bro, you're not going to die. Bro, you're not going to die, brother. I know you hurt, but it's been 17 years since she dumped you, bro. It's time to move on. (laughs) You ain't going to die, brother. You will not die die and some of us are feeling so defeated and so discouraged and we are down and about the things that God wants to love and he tell you brother you're going to make it you're going to come out on top 
You've been through things like this before. God has gotten you through. You're going to get through this too. You will not die. Some of us just need a push. Just a push. But from the right people. And here's the deal. Because David turned on his proximity chat, he allowed Nathan to help keep him accountable to Christ, to his character, and to his calling. David, even though he went through a hard time after, he gets up and goes on to continue to be the king and to do amazing revolutionary things that we read about 2,000 years later. Those are the stories of David that happened because he was willing to listen to someone call him out. I wonder what stories God wants to write about you. I wonder what amazing thing God wants to do in your life that you might never see because you kept proximity chat off. Destinies that God wants to accomplish in your life because you kept everybody else on mute. I wonder what maturity we might never see because we kept pushing those voices away. But I gotta tell you, one of the things that I've learned in this past year of my life is to turn proximity chat on. Welcome the correction. Welcome the challenging conversations. Welcome the friction. The things you don't want to hear, but that are for your good. A prayer I encourage you to pray. God, send me a Nathan. God, send me a Nathan. Maybe you've already got some friends who are too scared. All they do is hype you up. I need a bold friend who will call me out. God, send me a Nathan. When you read about David, oftentimes, if you literally even Google who was David's best friend, normally it'll say Jonathan. Jonathan, was, he was his hype man. They did a lot of great things together. And they were great friends. But a lot of us already have a Jonathan. Maybe some don't, but many do. But very few have a Nathan. Very few have a Nathan. Someone who loves you enough to call you out. But sometimes in order to find a Nathan, you gotta be willing to be one. You gotta be willing to take that first step in the friendships that you have in proximity and be willing to say, hey man, I'm, 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 looking, to, I'm looking to grow. Do you mind if we just maybe took some of our conversations to the next level? Like, man, I've been really inconsistent with how much I pray and read the Bible. Maybe I've been struggling with some sin in my life like, I could use some help. Do you love me enough to help me? Like, will you help me not do this? I've done this with friends who have struggled with pornography. And they've signed up for websites that you can use where literally if they look at anything, it sends me an email that they've been on some suspicious websites. And I'm able to send them a text like, hey, bro, let's talk this through, man. But I'm going to love you enough to call you out. Build you up and call you out. And sometimes in order to get to that place in your relationship, somebody needs to take the first step. Somebody needs to be willing to go there. Yeah, will you check in on me? I'll check in on you. We'll help each other out. It's not a one-sided thing. You be my Nathan, I'll be your Nathan. Can we encourage one another and challenge one another? And I'll tell you, when you begin to build these type of relationships, you will see your growth skyrocket as a person, 
as an individual, as a follower of Jesus, as a husband, as a parent, as a coworker, you'll see your growth skyrocket because you're inviting someone to see the things you don't see. You're inviting someone to be able to challenge you. It might not always feel good in the moment, but I'm going to tell you, one of the best prayers you can pray is, God, send me a Nathan. Send me a Nathan. Because we need to understand what sin is doing in our lives. I know we don't throw that word around too many times today. But the reality is, is that sin will destroy your life. The reality is that the devil is trying to take you out every moment of every single day. And if he is doing everything to take you out, we've got to do everything to make sure we keep standing. We've got to do more than just say, oh, I'm covered by the blood of Jesus. That's powerful. But we've got to be willing to invite some people in to keep us on track. To help us confront the issue of sin in our lives. To help us stay on track to keep following Jesus. Because that's what Jesus came to do for us. To wash away our sin. To forgive us. 2,000 years ago when Jesus died on the cross so that our sins could be forgiven. And three days later, he rose from the grave, showcasing that there is none greater than him. That he can overcome anything in your life. And if he can overcome hell, death, and the grave, he can overcome your sin, your struggle, and your hurt. But can I love you enough and love many of you enough to be a Nathan to tell you that our sin is not a game. It's not a toy to be played with. Can I tell you that Jesus offers freedom on the other side of your sin. He offers eternity in heaven. He offers a brand new life. But can I tell you, too many people today won't be a Nathan to love others to tell you we have sinned before a holy God and he offers you forgiveness, but it needs to be turned from. Too many people today just want to talk about his grace. Jesus loves you. You don't need to change anything. Yes, you do. Not before he'll love you. But when you start following Jesus, he will work on you. He will transform you. He will begin to remove sin from your life through his Holy Spirit and through Nathan's. But there are many people today, maybe you're watching right now online. Nobody has ever told you what I believe is one of the most biblical things we can do is that you and I have sinned, but Jesus offers us forgiveness. I have sinned. I have fallen short. I am guilty and forgiven. Both. Both at the same time. I am guilty and I am forgiven. We don't want to hurt people's feelings. We don't want to offend, but I've come to be a Nathan. You are guilty of sin. But here's the good news. Jesus died so that we could be forgiven. And it will be up to you if in this moment, if you will mute proximity chat. I believe the Holy Spirit wants you right now, but I'm not just going to turn it on. I'm going to bump up the volume. I want to receive the grace of God. I want to welcome his forgiveness. I want to embrace eternity in heaven. But how will you know if no one ever told you? 
How will you know if no one ever told you? So I challenge you, friends, wherever you might be in your journey, whether today maybe you want to make a decision to believe in your heart to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. Maybe you are acknowledging that you have sin and you want forgiveness. Or whether you're already following Jesus and you say, God, today, send me a Nathan. But first, help me to turn proximity chat on. Help me to be the kind of person that doesn't just welcome it, but who seeks it. I want to be someone that is eagerly seeking correction so that I might grow, develop, and become all that God has for me. Let me pray for you. God, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the Holy Spirit that is loving us, encouraging us, uplifting us, but that is also correcting us challenging us, stretching us for our, our own good, for our own benefit, so that we might grow, mature, and develop. And God, I just pray right now for every single person in our community, our church. God, would you first help them to be a Nathan? Help them to be the kind of person that is willing to take that first step in some of their relationships that are in proximity where they can have challenging conversations that are done with truth and grace to be able to help people mature and grow. But I also pray, because I know many people are listening today going, man, I really wish I had a Nathan. God, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that either one, you would send them someone they don't already have or help them to develop a relationship that they do have into becoming this type of relationship so they might be accountable to Christ, accountable to their character and their behavior and accountable to their calling to be and become all that you have created them to be for the glory of God. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys. God is so good. Every single one of us needs a Jonathan and a Nathan, right? The Nathan being the harder to come by because of all the fear and trepidation that comes along with that. It's a beautiful thing, and I love that, that idea and that imagery of proximity chat, because I am 100% one of the ones that just mute you. <laughs> like, I can't handle this guy. He's talking to me, whatever it is. And so it's such a cool idea, though, to think about the voices in our lives that make an incredible impact if we're willing to open ourselves up to listen. And sometimes it's hard to wade through criticism. Sometimes it's hard to wade through correction and take what is good. And we, it's a, such an evident, important part of our walk as Christians. And so I pray that you got something amazing out of that, um, that, you know, you really learn and you come to embrace the Nathans in your life. Uh, you come to embrace the Jonathans in your life and that they become a stalwart part of your journey uh, and you learn how to keep them unmuted. Jesus is so good. God understands us from, you know, the beginning of our lives to the end. And you might be here today and you might not realize that I need Jesus in my life. You might not realize that you need to surrender your life to God, but I want to give you that opportunity. I want to give you the opportunity that you have the, the ability to walk this Christian life, and it's not some arduous journey. You don't have to make some pilgrimage. You don't have to do anything other than put your faith in him and surrender your heart and say, Lord, I realize I've messed up. 
and I need you in my life. That is what it looks like to become a Christian. We would love to be able to walk with you through that journey. If that is a journey that you're interested in, if becoming a Christian, learning more about God is something that you want in your life, please, please, please connect with us here at GSC. You can do that if you're online right now by hitting the exclamation point, connect. We would love to be able to help you with your next steps if you want to talk about that journey. Um, it's not this like some fantasiful thing. It's a beautiful, practical thing that you can have and you can achieve. And so I would love for you to be able to do that. So exclamation point, connect, fill out as much information as you feel comfortable with. Um, or if you're here in person, connect with us. Uh, if you've never given your heart to Jesus. Um, I've had people in my life, I went to Bible college with people and to a ministry school, and they had never given their hearts to Jesus. So I'm not too dumb to think that maybe some of you have not. And so if you want to connect with us and know a little bit more about Jesus and what that looks like to follow after him, we would love to connect with you. All of this that we've done today, this weekend, all of the things that we do, the money that we are able to support digital missionaries with, the things that we're able to help and have benevolence, um, the way that we're able to operate is through the generosity of those who support us. And we're so thankful that we have um, God's blessing, that he's continued to move and he's continued to, to bless us. Um, but I'm not stupid to realize that that's not because of each and every one of you, including myself, uh, who's willing to give. And so as we wrap up this squad con, I, I really do want you to realize that worship includes giving. Uh, it is a way that we worship unto God. Our finances are not our own. They're his. And the outlet in which he chooses to use that is the church. And we believe in the mission that we're doing. We believe in that God is in it and that he wants to continue to reach gamers. And so if, that is, uh, if that's on your heart, I pray that if you call GSC your home, that you would begin to even ask God, like, man, I really haven't been given consistently. Um, you'd ask him how much it is. What does it look like? How do I extend that worship unto God and give through the church? Um, I believe in a generous giver. I believe in people that have the ability to test God with their giving, which is so interesting to me because it's a very tangible, practical way to, to test God. And um, I've seen it in my own life, and that's the only thing I can really give you is the anecdotal evidence that I have. That when I've tested God in that area, he's always, always, always done what he says he's going to do. And he blesses my house, blesses my family, blesses me with things I do not need. Or sometimes he blesses me with things that sometimes I don't even want, you know. God is good. I challenge you to trust God with your giving today. As we begin to pray over giving, there's some ways you can give. You can exclamation point give in the Twitch chat. You can click the link in the chat or uh, panel below the stream to give through PayPal. You can also give through our website at godsquadchurch.com. And you can also text, if you're a U.S. resident, 84321, any amount, and we will, uh, and that will happily work for you. Let's pray. Jesus, we're so thankful that you give us so much, that the principle of generosity is on our hearts, Lord, and you ask us to test you in it, to watch the blessing that you'll pour out on a cheerful giver. Lord, to watch the, the personal growth that you'll experience when you give, when you learn to give, when you learn to be sacrificial. We're thankful, God, that you are a good God and that you allow us to partner with you in your kingdom. In Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, amen.